Hey, babe, what you got there? This is a check from Carvana. I just sold my car to them. I went online and Carvana gave me an offer right away. Then they just picked up the car and gave me this. Well, that's a big check. Well, obviously you could put this towards your next car, or we could finally get that jacuzzi, or I could start taking tuba lessons, or I could quit my job and write my memoir. Or I can put it towards my next car with Carvana. Sorry, your check, not mine. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. And we are live for another edition of the Steelers Depot live stream here on this Monday, February 6th. Good to be back with you guys. Appreciate you guys being here with myself and Dave Bryan for the next hour until 8 p.m. Eastern time. As always, answering your questions, any and all, for the next hour. Dave, how you doing? Thanks for being with me here. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back from Mobile. Uh, You guys had a bang up time down there and did a fantastic job and i know you're still trying to catch up on some rest so uh, we are all appreciative of your time tonight yeah thank you so much great week down in mobile ton of fantastic senior bowl coverage by the entire steelers depot crew and for the podcast the rest of the week as we mentioned on today's show uh, we'll have the shrine bowl crew on wednesday and then the senior bowl group on friday to get their thoughts because we want to talk to the whole whole team about their um, thoughts down there. But the thoughts right now are on Brian Flores, who has officially been hired by the Minnesota Vikings to become their defensive coordinator. And so I'm sure there'll be questions and conversations about that in the chat. Reminder, uh, you can send a super chat to Dave and I if you want a guarantee of your question being asked and answered. Also moving to the front of the line when you do that. No obligation to do so, but we appreciate any and all Super chat. So audio sounds good. I'm sure uh, if there's an issue, then I'm sure the chat can let me know. But we will dive on in here with our first question and more of a comment here uh, from Lumberzack94, who says, first off, awesome solo show last week, Dave. And so that was your solo cap episode, which you did a fantastic job covering. So kudos to you on that one. Yeah, thank you very much. Got a lot of great feedback uh, from that. You know, I, as I mentioned at the top of that show, I you know I was hoping to have the you know, plan was to have uh, buddy Joel Corey from CBS Sports on. Of course, he's a former agent, been on the show quite a few times, and we were going to probably talk about I don't know Alex Highsmith contract value and Cam Sutton and and maybe what deals like them would look like. But he had something come up, and look, it's a rough kind of time of year for him having to. Uh, get stuff ready for the new league year and do the things that he has to write for for CBS Sports. So I, I said kind of last minute, well, not last minute, probably a couple hours ahead of time, I told my, my wife, I said, I'm, I'm going to try to tackle a solo podcast. So I, I, I created an outline because Lord knows I'd like, I I can ramble and, and all like that. But uh, I was happy the way I did a couple little bit of editing things that <laughs> I had to, had to edit out and stop and start and all like that. But I think I pieced it together okay and it was an hour long and uh, the feedback's been phenomenal and I certainly do appreciate that. And obviously Alex goes out down, you know, down to mobile every time uh, this time of year. So I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll make that an annual thing now to have an hour show uh, at that time of year to kind of update where the students are salary cap wise. Yeah. Mike Adesso says when do tickets go on sale and tour dates announced for day Brian live, the salary cap oh, show will be front row for Miami. So I guess you're going down to South beach, taking your talents there, Dave. No, no, don't have to worry about that. Look, I, I did that kind of out of necessity to provide some content. And, you know, I, obviously Alex was out of town and I had, I had had Tom Mead on the show and pre- shout out to him for being on the Monday show. And, you know, the cap was something to talk about this time of year. And we, we do talk about it during the podcast quite a bit, but we don't spend a lot of ter- terrible time on it. So uh, I, I figured that that would that would be a, a one off situation there. Uh, a lot of work goes into me doing a, a solo show, so I'm not going to take that on the road. <laughs> if you guys also could just like this live stream, Dave, and I would really appreciate that to get more visibility to the stream, get more people in the chat, just get more Steelers Nation in, Nation in here. Um, would really appreciate if you hit that like button. But let's get to the uh, – actually, Lumberzak did have a question. says, who does the intro music and voice for you guys for the uh, intro of the podcast? I'm actually not sure who that individual is. Do you know 
who that person Man, I, is. I would have to look back, to be honest with you. Apologies, I don't have that on the tip of my tongue. It was it was recorded, you know, obviously, several years ago. Somebody reached out and offered it up, and uh, apologies that I, I don't have that at my fingertips. Uh, Mike Adesso saying, happy for Brian Flores. Good for him to get back in track, but I just don't get why he didn't wait till maybe next year for more head coaching gigs to possibly open up or maybe not. Listen, he can become a head coach next year, too. That could be the stepping stone Stone senior assistant to D.C., does a good job in Minnesota. He will get looks again next year. So I don't think he had to stay in Pittsburgh to wait for head coaching opportunities next year. Yeah, look, I think you brought up a good point that you posted on Twitter there, too, going back to the pivot interview that Mike Tomlin uh, did, uh, you know, talking about, uh, the, uh, you know, the hiring of Flores and all. He says, look, you know, and, and long story short, you know, Tomlin didn't have to, it, it's not like they had to hire that position, but, you know, Mike Tomlin didn't want him out there just, you know, without a job at the time. And, and if you can bring somebody on like that with the knowledge that he has and, and provide him at least to, to keep him in the envir- environment and, and in the circles, uh, and then, you know, obviously the Steelers defense for the most part had a good season overall. And Flores played a, played a part in, 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 in that to some degree on top of it there. So, uh, I don't think there's probably anybody happier other than, you know, Brian Flores family today than, than Mike Tomlin, you know, uh, yeah, it sucks to, to lose him and all, but, uh, off he goes, he got a defensive coordinator job now. And, you know, whether it's, Next year at this time, maybe he gets consideration for for a head coaching job or or two or three years down the line. Yeah, why 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 not take this job? Yeah, Pittsburgh was always just a bridge. Uh, the, in the city of bridges, Flores' time in Pittsburgh was just that a bridge. It was a short term thing when no one else around the league was going to hire him. Mike Tomlin recognized that initially talked to Flores as just kind of a a friend as he kind of went through everything he went through after getting fired by the Dolphins and piling a lawsuit and dealing with a lot of things, you know, in, in that realm. And then once Tomlin realized that Flores has kind of been blackballed by the league, want to give this guy a job, allow him to coach and be part of the NFL. I don't know if he's a DC for Minnesota this year. If Tomlin does not give this guy a job in 2022, if he had sat out the entire year, you kind of get forgotten a little bit and who knows what would have happened. So certainly appreciate that. And for Flores, I mean, I, I'm a little surprised he decided to take the job now and not wait to see what happened in Arizona, a, a finalist for the Arizona Cardinals had coaching job, but maybe just sense that he was not going to be the guy there. And in Minnesota, he can run that defense, Kevin O'Connell, offensive minded guy, former quarterback. And so he can really run that defense as he sees fit in Minnesota, which is a great opportunity. I would imagine the pays a little bit better. too. <laughs> I would imagine so. So, a lot of reasons there also for those uh, anyone asking, I don't know if anyone has, but no compensation for Brian Flores going to Minnesota. So just want to make that crystal clear. Mutated Gino? I, I guess I guess the, the big question now that everybody will have is, is you know, uh, will they, will we see another, you know, senior defensive assistant or anything along those lines? And uh, I don't think anybody really knows at this point. Once again, it feels like, you know, Tomlin – created that position to accommodate uh, Flores and uh, obviously Jerry O is, I guess, quote unquote, the inside linebackers coach. Is it, uh, 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 who's the uh, outside or the assistant outside linebacker? Martin. Yeah. Denzel Martin. So I don't know if maybe there'll be a, who knows, maybe there'll be an announcement that Denzel's now like officially the outside linebackers coach. Maybe they will look at, you know, somebody to come in and, and, and be a def- defensive assistant again. I don't know who that would be. I know, you know, what, what did cross my mind is, you know, Steve Wilkes is still out there, but mm-hmm. I think he's interviewing. I mean, there's not many open defensive coordinator jobs at this point. I think Wilkes has maybe has an interview lined up for, for one of them. But, you know, if you go back to when those uh, ahead of the Steelers playing the, the Panthers earlier this season, right, uh, there was some – uh, Wilkes had some fine words about Mike Tomlin, and I don't know any maybe long-standing association between Tomlin and 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 Wilkes. I mean, was there much of a one uh, with Flores before all this? You no, know? no, there was uh, none. I don't think. You know, so I you know what, may and this I'm just I don't know. You know, I'm just throwing this out there that you know maybe if Steve Wilkes doesn't wind up getting a defensive coordinator job, maybe Mike Tomlin reaches out to him. 
you know, because uh, uh, obviously he has a defensive background. I think Wilkes mostly throughout his career, though, was defensive back. Right, not, which was a little know. redundant with Austin right. and Brown. But maybe, I mean, yeah, I, I think to your point, I don't know if they're going to hire somebody or not. They don't have to. But if it, it's more, I think it's more about if the right person comes along as opposed to filling a position and checking a box in that sense. Right. So we'll, you know, like I said, I, I don't know if that's going to be the plan. I'm sure that's going to be the question everybody has on their mind right now. Is this a is this a position with Flores leaving that needs to be replaced? I mean, we'll see. I mean, when did when did uh, Tomlin add Flores officially? It was sometime Five around the same. Yeah. About this time last year. Right. Like the 13th or 14th of February around in there. Yeah, I forget when, but sometime in early February. So we'll see. It's possible. Not going to rule it out. Just depends on who that man might be. Mutated Genome says, Alex, did any senior bowl prospect that might be on the Steelers' radar wow you? I don't know if wow's the right word. I try to be a bit measured, and I don't know if there was one guy who just had an incredible week. I thought there were some impressive players down there. Derek Hall, the edge from Auburn. I thought the interior offensive line class might have been the strongest group down in Mobile. Um, I, I see some of you guys, Ross Swish and others, talk about John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, who's a center that I think has the size and length and, size and uh, strength to, to play guard. And so that's a guy that, talking about day two, 32, 49, would make a ton of sense for me. I thought he was consistently excellent throughout the week. Uh, athleticism, uh, the anchor he has in pass, bro. Some of those 1v1s against Bull Rush is tough to stall those things out. He did consistently well and has some nasty and finish to his game. So that's one guy I didn't know a ton about going into the week and a guy I'm pretty high on leaving Mobile. Did he do much at, at, at guard at Minnesota? I'll have to check. He might have done oh. some. Um, I know he was playing center. Basic, well, he might have played some guard in Mobile, but he was a center primarily. But I imagine he probably played some guard, and uh, I think he has the size, and he's capable of playing guard in the NFL. All right, I'll have to research that while we're on here. Yeah, and then other guys, Jaden Reed, the receiver from Michigan State, Julius Brents, the corner from Kansas State, Dontavian Wicks, the receiver from Virginia, Aubrey Miller, off-ball linebacker from Jackson State, uh, Sidney Brown, the safety-slash-slot corner from Illinois, some of those guys. I wouldn't say maybe none of those guys wowed me, but I thought all those guys had uh, impressive weeks overall that are certainly on my radar now. Uh, Ross Swisher says, would you cut uh, William, I'm assuming that's William Jackson III, and Miles to save Steelers 20 plus million plus another 10 because uh, the cap goes up? Well, the cap number has already been set, just under 225 million. Would I cut William Jackson? Absolutely, this team will. That's a, a guarantee. Write that in pen. Miles Jack, a bit more interesting, a bit more debatable. Dave and I talked about that, about that on the podcast earlier today. I'm probably not making, I'm definitely not making a move until I know I can at least re-sign a Robert Spillane and go from there. But Jack's going to be a name to watch uh, prior to March 15th. Yeah, that's going to be a guy, oh, I just researched this out here on uh, John Michael Schmitz, uh, at least going back to regular season to 2020. All of his snaps were at center. Let me check 2019 uh, real quick here. Yeah, everything he's done at the college mm. level has been at center. Okay, interesting. But I think he has the profile to play guard if you wanted to try him there. Uh, about the cap question there. I, I, you know, I think the two biggest names. Look, uh, unless William Jackson's willing to 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 cut that contract up and play for the minimum. Uh, he's gone. You know, I think that's that's a given at this point. Uh, I think a Keller Witherspoon is a guy that you got to really look hard at. Uh, there's four million uh, to be saved there prior to roster displacement. That's a guy that is going to be interesting conversations about. Beyond that, the next two on the list where there's the most significant, obviously, uh, savings would be Mitchell Trubisky and and Miles Jack at eight million dollars savings apiece prior to roster displacement. Uh, but once again, you know, you had Art Rooney II come out uh, just recently, and and I think in an interview with Bob Pompiani, uh, in so many words, I mean, I, I you know, I don't know if maybe they chopped that interview up. It didn't feel like they did, but uh, the full context of that seemed to be that. You know, Rooney was expecting uh, Mitchell Trubisky to be on this roster in 2023. So, 
Uh, now, you know, then there's the whole comments going back to Mitch, I guess, late, you know, late, late, uh, late in the season talking about, man, he wishes he would have given it more thought, uh, uh, you know, not signed the dotted line so quick in free agency there, though. Uh, but look, uh, you know, can can he, you know, is he would he force his way out of Pittsburgh? I suppose he could. You know, the whole uh, volunteers, not hostages things mm-hmm. uh, and all like that. But, you know, he is he is scheduled to make eight million. Can he if he were to get outright released by the Steelers, could he go get eight million dollars somewhere else? You know, maybe maybe on maybe signing bonus and base salary on another multi-year deal. Maybe that's that's possible. But I don't think any team's going to rush right out and say, Mitch, we want you to be our starting quarterback here's a here's more than the eight million you were going to make in 2023 so he i mean that that being said you know before art rooney talked uh to the media recently i was of the opinion that there was a strong chance that mitch might be out the door by march 15th but now that i mean how many times is you know when when art rooney says something like that man usually it's Yep. Usually it's good as gold, not, and I'm not saying that he can't change his mind or they have some discussions and, and whatever, but uh, from where I sit now, is is totally different than, than where I was sitting two and a half weeks ago before Rooney Rooney spoke. Now, Miles Jack, you know, look, look at that inside linebacker room, right? Uh, Devin Bush, <laughs> uh, unrestricted free agent. Robert Splain, unrestricted free agent. Uh, Marcus Miles, Allen. Marcus Allen, I mean, he, he didn't even play any snaps at inside linebacker in 2023. Mm-hmm. He's, he's really a special teamer. He's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Mark Robinson, obviously there, there's some upside there, but are you going to empty out that room that quick uh, uh, right before the start of free agency? Even Now, there's nothing to say that you can't hold on to Miles Jack into free agency and then on into the draft and then see what happens there and then – you know, make a move after the fact there, you know, because uh, none of that money is fully guaranteed for Miles Jack until week one of the season. And that's when vested veterans have their 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 base salaries for the year uh, fully guaranteed if they're on the roster. So from where I sit right now, uh, I'll be surprised, Alex, if they cut Miles Jack by March 15th. Yeah, I think it's a well-reasoned argument, and that's where I'm leaning right now, just solely that, you, as you said, you don't want to empty out the inside linebacker room. But what if you were to re-sign Robert Spillane before free agency, and maybe that gives you some comfort to do that, and if you kind of felt like in that tampering period that you had an agreement, agreement with somebody, um, maybe you make those decisions pretty close to each other. So we'll see. If they're not going to cut Trubisky, if, if Rooney's kind of being earnest there and honest and and that ends up being true then if you want to clear cap space miles jack is the next best place to go to besides william jackson right right so we shall see it's certainly one of the biggest things i'll be be watching for uh let's see next question comes from a fellow alex who says could you see the steelers drafting a center and moving cole over to guard or do you think the steelers prefer cole at center yeah he's played both he was playing guard in minnesota Last year, I like him at center. I thought he had a good year there. I thought he was kind of that good anchor point communication, um, just handled things well, handled the chaos of that new offensive line, do coaching well. So could they do it if you found a the next elite center, the next Creed Humphrey in the NFL? Sure, you could do it. But I think after having that continuity, keeping guys in place, they don't want to play a lot of musical chairs if they can avoid it. <laughs> not I, I echo everything you said plus two uh kitty and mason sure seem to be on uh uh best B, uh, bffs at this point right now i think kenny even took them to the to the pit game uh a couple couple weeks ago whatnot but look i mean uh friends aside friend, friends don't decide who stays and goes uh and then the other question there i mean going back to even before you know back to when the steeders signed mason cole his center tape was far better i think than uh than his guard tape so uh ideally you know, unless you unless somebody just knocks your socks off that you can't live without at the top of the draft uh, here, I you know I I think that Cole 
I would I would much rather see them go the guard route in the draft. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if the Minnesota kid, if you think you can convert him, and in other words, maybe be the center in waiting, but in the meantime, let's see what you can do at guard. Sure, that 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 could potentially be an option. But I think a lot would have to. In other words, I the guy that if they drafted a true center would have to really knock their socks off, I think, at this point to be the week one starter ahead of Mason Cole. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, Don't want to guarantee anything. You just see what you end up with as you exit the draft, exit free agency. But I think uh, Cole at center is going to be my my firm expectation next year. Next question comes from, as I try to find it here, Dead Planet, who says, Alex, what's your thoughts on the Super Bowl matchup? Philly is good, no doubt, but I feel like they haven't really been tested. Certainly been an easier pass to the Super Bowl for Philadelphia than Kansas City, uh, facing, you know, Daniel Jones and then a lack of a quarterback in San Francisco. I don't know. I haven't given it a lot of thought, to be honest. I think, you know, the Eagles were my NFC Super Bowl representative pick this year so i'm feeling good about that and can their ground game and rushing attack help keep mahomes off the field help keep that score down a a little bit that's possible so you know the eagles to me best offensive line best pass rush in football i'm leaning philadelphia but we'll we'll wait until friday to make our final picks dave any thoughts on super bowl yeah, I've Match gone back and forth on this already like six times since the uh, since the championship games uh, ended, and I, I keep going back to that defensive adjusted net yards for passing attempt stat, and the, the Eagles were much better uh, than than KC during the regular season, and uh, you know they're 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 both. You know, in the trenches are strong on both sides of the football. Uh, Eagles might be the, uh, I think, are the healthier team uh, of the two teams right now. So uh, I still have time to change my my uh, mind about six more times, but I'm leaning Eagles right now. Okay, fair enough. And again, Friday, we'll uh, give our full official Super Bowl picks. Uh, Mr. ABS with a comment here. It would have been nice to keep Brian Flores and the possibility of a pick next year if he was hired as a head coach but glad he is able to continue his pursuit of a head coach position. Again, his influence was much appreciated. So a good comment there from Mr. ABS. Uh, Brian, I think you had asked this before I said it, but I'll just reiterate, no draft picks for Flores being hired by Minnesota. Uh, Brian Tallini says, compared to other needs, where do you rank the need for a true number one cornerback? It's tough for me to to rank those things. I don't often think about it in terms of rank. I just think about it in terms of need versus want versus what ultimately becomes available to you. I think it's certainly something I've talked about quite a bit. You know, is Cam Sutton truly a number one corner? I don't think he's quite there, but I still want to resign this guy. Um, to me, I would I would categorize D line as the biggest need for this team right now. I'm not sure what I would put as second place. Maybe that. Maybe inside linebacker. Maybe left guard. Um, but it's certainly something that if you have the opportunity, if a guy falls, you consider it. Here's the thing. They better address that position in this year's draft. Uh, and, 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 <laughs> uh, within their first, first four picks, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's a good cornerback class. It's a really strong group of guys. Senior bowl had some talent and the underclass talent is, is really impressive this year with Christian Gonzalez and Joey Porter jr. Who of course will be linked to Pittsburgh and already has been linked to Pittsburgh quite a bit and and Devon Witherspoon a senior um who was supposed to go to the senior bowl but but did not it's a it's a really good year to to look for a cornerback uh let's see Jay says Wilkes is a favorite in San Francisco to be the DC to replace D'Amico Ryan so we'll see if that happens I gotta think Wilkes goes somewhere to be a coordinator if he doesn't that's just a just a shame and a miss by the NFL um Grant I already answered that question about the uh the favorite prospects and stay tuned for Friday's show and uh, we'll have the guys on to talk about their experience and thoughts in Mobile. Mike Adesso asking me about Grady Brown, if I could see him work. What do you think his future is with the Steelers or the league long-term? Yeah, uh, funny you mentioned that I have an article about Grady Brown asked uh, basically every you know defensive national team player in Mobile that I talked to about Grady Brown and have some comments and some quotes on that for the morning. I think this guy will be a future DC somewhere. Probably not in Pittsburgh. Terrell Austin's still there, unless Austin retires or goes somewhere else or just gets fired. Um, you know, the Senior Bowl was kind of that 
the coaching staff they put together down there piecemealed, you know, guys from different teams are generally young guys that are considered up and comers in the NFL, guys rising up the ranks. And um, for Brown to be DC of that game is a, is a big nod to what the league thinks of Grady Brown. So I think that's a guy, that's a guy that has future DC potential. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Russ Obenstein says, Alex, who's your favorite cornerback? And both Alex and Dave, would you give Sutton three, four year, nine million deal? I would. My favorite cornerback in the draft this year, I really don't know. I do like Witherspoon from Illinois, the physicality, but I'm still early to, to try to properly answer that. Uh, Sutton's going to command more than that. I think at least double digits. Dave, you've talked about 12, 14 million. So um, if you could get Sutton that cheap, definitely, but the price is probably going to go up. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, starting starting corner in the league and the whole supply and demand thing and free agency and uh, you look at the, the 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 list of cornerbacks who are set to be unrestricted free agents who played seventy five percent or more of the defensive snaps last year. There's just a handful of them. So what are you know, whatever order you want to uh, put them in? I think the uh, the uh, the Buccaneers uh, uh, corner is going to be way up in that list and probably command the most attention there. But uh, if you're if you're putting together a list of three uh, soon to be or scheduled to be unrestricted free agent cornerbacks who once again played, you know, 75 percent you know, or more of the defensive snaps last year, Cam Sutton's got to be in that top three. Now, if you look at big picture list positionally, you know, and once again, it goes back to, to the whole supply and demand thing and what he can get on the open market and, and how much of a friendly deal uh, that, 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 you know, he, he's willing to take, man, I, 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 he's got to at least come in in the top 20 uh, paid cornerbacks, I would think. You know, I mean, and what does he suggest? Uh, what did Russ suggest as, as a nine million per nine million per would put him. Oh, what would that be around 25th in the league? I guess something, uh, something around around there. I mean, you've got guys uh, DJ Reed with the Jets, 11 million. Uh, Ronald Darby with the Broncos, 10 million. Stefan Gilmore. Uh, 10 million Kendall Fuller uh, 10 million Darius Williams 10 million uh, just a, a tick ahead of of those guys you got Dante Jackson with the Panthers at 11.7 Adoree Jackson with the Giants at 13 million you know so it just it feels like I mean heck yeah if you could get him for for 9 million sign him up you know, uh, I just I have a feeling that his market value is going to come in slightly, slightly higher than that, though. What did uh, Charvarius Ward or the 49ers get last offseason? Do you know the number and where that ranks? Uh, Ward. It's it's double digits, I think. Uh, yeah, 13.5 million uh, average yearly value for him. It's hard to see Sutton want less than that. I mean, and there you go. That that puts him right in the wheelhouse that I've been talking mm-hmm. about. And yeah, good point. Right there in the in the in 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 the top fifteen, you know. So I think top twenty highest paid cornerbacks feels feels almost like a given. And uh, you know, I think that thirteen point five to fourteen range, you know, might might about be the number. And once again, you know, you look at the. Uh, I'll pull up the uh, list here of soon-to-be free agents. Go ahead and talk us through here. Yeah, the next question was going to be about replacing a core for and you know, saying that he's not a superstar, and I agree with that. He's not a superstar, but I don't think the offseason for Pittsburgh this year, this year in terms of the O-line is going to be one of wholesale changes. They've kind of done that song and dance quite a bit the last two years, and so they want some more stability and kind of keeping the group intact because there's been so many shifts and changes and new coaches brought in, new players brought in, draft picks, and they just want a year where you can kind of carry the group over. They have not done that the last two, three seasons. All right. Uh, James Bradbury uh, played 97.5% of the snaps for the Eagles uh, during the regular season. Uh, he is 30 years of age, and he his contract's going to void, so he will be an unrestricted free agent. Patrick Peterson uh, 33 years old, how, how, you know, uh, still, still, still can play a little bit, but I mean, is he going to command big money at, at this point? He has a current APY of $4 million. Next one on the list, Eli Apple. There'll be a lot of talk about Eli Apple, both good and bad, right? 
87.6% of the snaps last year. His average yearly value co uh, coming off uh, off this this season is uh, 3.5 million. So he'll be one that'll command attention. Bradbury will probably get some attention, and then really the next one I think on the list uh, for for unrestricted might you know that 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 played a large amount of snaps might be Jamel Dean uh, with the Buccaneers. Uh, who's coming, I think, off of his rookie deal. So he 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 will be in command uh, there. So the, the list really thins out uh, when you talk once again about players that played 75% of the snaps last year that are going to be unrestricted free agents. And Cam Sutton played 87.5% of the snaps coming off of a deal with an average yearly value of $4.5 Yeah, and had, excuse me, had his best season to date by far, and his price tag certainly went up. Russ Obenstein, as Tomlin says, we don't want hostages. Does Mitch fall under that now? I say yes. I think so. I don't think Trubisky wants to be a Steeler next year. Now, he's not in full control of that, obviously under contract. And Art Rooney's comments seem to heavily imply that Trubisky will be Kenny Pickett's backup. But if Trubisky could wave a magic wand, he would love to go play somewhere else. <laughs> Probably at this point, yep. You guys, uh, just a reminder to like the stream. Would really appreciate that. And you can send the super chats if you would like as well. Question here from Jay Wills. Why is Rooney's season-ending interview never shown in its entirety? Only pieces of it tweeted by the media. Um, there was, I think, a, a full audio file released by 93.7 The Fan yeah. in the interview that Bob Pompiani did. You have to kind of hunt for it, but that was posted in full think it was on kdka so you kind of have to hunt for these things but they are out there jay and you can find those i think if you go back through the links that we've attributed to uh, whenever he wrote those those comments up uh let's see next question comes from brian jonker does william jackson the third have anything left to him could he sign a new much lower contract or is he retiring due to health i don't think he's retiring i'm not aware of that but i'm not interested in pursuing what William Jackson might have left. I'm just ready, ready to just move on. Look, the only way is if he rips that thing up and says, look, uh, I'll take the minimum. I want to, want to, want to try it one more year, re rebuild my market value. I want to go to camp and, and, and participate and all like that. That's, that's the only way I keep him around. Yeah. hundred percent there. For TL Music Group, Alex, if we can't re-sign Larry O, would picking Ika and then Maisie Smith or Keanu Benton be sufficient for losing Larry O? There are some different positions and roles there, more nose tackle than maybe some of the three techs that Larry O was playing. Um, potentially, I have I don't have a great roadmap to it, um, but certainly if Ogunjobi goes somewhere else, you got to you know first and foremost replace his snaps, which is a fairly substantial amount. So you know they can't just have internal replacements and expect to adequately replace Larry Ogunjobi. Yeah, look, and, and you know, Tyson Alualu obviously didn't play a ton last year, but I mean, he, he obviously played more than he'd played the year before. You got to try to try to replace those snaps. I don't think all that needs to fall on Montrevious Adams. Uh, Isaiah Loudermilk, what is he at this point? Uh, Chris Wormley, even if he, you know, will he be ready by week one of, of, of the regular season? Odds are probably uh, a no on that. And even if he is, do you want him? Is he a guy that you want playing six or 700 snaps uh, during during a regular season? And then uh, the question that Alex and I are going to uh, uh, debate in, in good conversations we'll have all off season probably here is what is the Marvin Leal? You know, uh, what what do they think of him? And and, you know, do they do they envision him being one of those kind of bigger, bulkier uh, defensive tackles? Can he can he hold the weight? C can he be that guy to play alongside Cameron Hayward in in a lot of the fronts? Yeah, absolutely. So another question is coming from let me find it here. I want to uh, because I've been asked this a couple times. I want to get your take here, Dave. Uh, let's see, Mr. ABS not having had the combine yet, what percentage would you lean the Steelers selecting a player outside of the senior bowl versus the talent that was there? We love seniors, but do our needs fall with underclassmen? You know, basically the question I was been asked a couple times over the last few days, Dave, is do you think the Steelers first round pick at number 17 played in Mobile, Alabama this week? And I know that you weren't there, but you know, you watch the all 22, you kind of follow, followed along. Do you get the sense that any of the top names there are really you know, truly in contention for Pittsburgh at 17. 
Well, I kind of asked you that question this morning, didn't I? Yeah, uh, so I'm letting you answer it here. <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast there. Uh, the feel that I get, and, and you know, obviously, look, I, I've still got a lot of catching up to do on a lot of these, these, these players, but the feel that I get is that the, the, their, their first pick this year will not come out of anybody that, that was in Mobile. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, could it happen? Sure. An Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida, Darnell Wright, the tackle, potentially a guard from Tennessee. Feels like if you had to pick two guys, it would be one of those two guys, but the, the scope seems so narrow that I think it'll be somebody else. Let's see. Grant Humphrey says during his pre draft process, Miles Jack's knee was described as a ticking time bomb. Is that something worth taking into consideration with him? It's a thought. I mean, I think it's more about just the here and now and what the medical experts are saying. The injury, he obviously, he dealt through last year, the hamstring injury. I don't know if that's related to the knee or not, but I don't think it's not really a consideration for me in the here and now. That was kind of more of a pre-draft long view, you know, should you draft this guy kind of thing as opposed to you already signed him. So it's more about what he's producing or what he's not doing for you right now. Yeah, I mean, is he is he worth the eight million dollars? Is the golden question that they have to answer, and is he going to be in the plans to at least, you know, be your starter for you would hope a good portion of your season? Uh, obviously, depending on what you do in the draft and all, can can impact that. But uh, uh, that that's the question they're going to have to answer at this point. Is it's an eight million dollar question, and once again, you 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 can carry him through March 15th uh, and then decide later on in the off season. Now, generally guys with those bigger price tags, once they make it past March 15th, usually they stick. Uh, now you got, you know, different regime in there, obviously now and, 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 and con and Weidel and, and those kind of things there. But uh, you know, I think we will have a lot more answers to some of these questions on March 15th. Right. Now, as Ross Wisher says, you got to get more splash plays from this group. We've talked about that. I think we, we had the graphic. Absolutely, you do. No, no splash there. Um, I think Tyler Weiss had the graphic. No splash zone for the Pittsburgh Steelers softball linebackers, and that is certainly an issue. No question about that. Uh, let's see. I think Russ said, I just saw a comment from Russ. Rumors of Gruden coming aboard. I say, no way. Those aren't rumors. That's just terrible speculation. Just made up garbage just to, to sell clicks. So pay no mind there, Russ. Uh, let's see, next question comes from, if I can find one here, uh, Mike Adesso saying, is there a season wrap-up show article coming in the next few months? Would love to know final thoughts on how the assistant coaches did. Probably nothing like that, and in some regards, judging assistant coaches can be tough to do. We talk about it some, talked about Brian Flores, but probably won't dedicate an article towards the assistant coaches because their work is so much done uh, behind closed doors. We've written over the you know, year about Alfredo Roberts, Nettie Falk, and we kind of touch on those guys. We'll talk about Grady Brown uh, in the morning. So that just kind of naturally becomes the rhythm of the season as opposed to one dedicated article. And then, you know, almost daily, what Matthew Mar- Marks, he's been running the exit interviews, uh, interview, you know, kind of breakdowns of, of the players, you know, right. but I, I don't, I don't think we've ever done because look, we're, we're, we're not, we don't know to what degree, the coaches coached <laughs> overall, you know, we, we see some things, personnel gripping. I mean, you on Twitter today, uh, got into a discussion with somebody about, you know, uh, what kind of impact that you, that you were able to feel that Flores had those kind of stuff, but you know, it's not something that you can tangibly, you know, like the all 22 and touch and feel and, 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 and diagnose that way. Yeah, the exception, I think, was Pat Meyer because we had the coaching clinics, and so we kind of right. really knew what his philosophy was. And obviously, he's the he's the offensive line coach, so what the offensive line does is based off his teachings. It isn't more of a combination of what the receivers coach does and, and that kind of stuff. And so that you had a clearer picture of, but some of the other guys can be trickier to judge. Jason Williams, my guys, I hear people say draft an offensive tackle and switch them to guard and vice versa. If that is the case, uh, what you still take that player in round one or two. I hope I'm asking this right. I'm not actually quite sure what you're saying, Jason. Um, I think he's meaning if, if there's a true player that, that that predominantly played one position, say tackle in college, okay. uh, and maybe he's projected to kick inside at the next level, 
I'm assuming that if 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 you would be okay uh, with with that kind of being your first round draft pick. Yeah, potentially. I don't like to just kick those guys inside nonchalantly and not expect there to be a transition period to it, but it happens, especially to those stubbier type tackles. Skaronsky and Northwestern is going to be one of those, you know, potential likely candidates. You don't usually see the guard to tackle too often. Usually it's the tackle to guard. So, you know, yeah, potentially if the prospect's right. But it doesn't feel like something. It would it would have to be a, a unique player, and they would have to they would really have to. I mean, look, they uh, what they tried to do, and it was a couple of rounds later. Obviously, look look what they tried to do with Kendrick Green. You know, uh, you better have a damn good reason, and you better your projections. You better have good basis for your projections. That okay? Well, this guy played predominantly at tackle. We want him to play guard for us uh and let's say he played i don't know nine not even nine percent of his snaps at, at, at that new position uh you, you your your valuation better be good you sure. know and uh, I, for, for that guy to be a first round pick now obviously you have later round guy look they had uh who's the kid today out of uh oregon state that they uh were, were linked to that's going to be more of a mm-hmm. late round guy uh, uh out of the nfl pa bowl uh this is a kid that uh predominantly played i think and he was a hawaii transfer i think if i if i read correctly uh he played tackle uh right tackle i think at at hawaii and then uh over at uh uh what oregon state yeah it's oregon brandon Brandon kipper is his name right and but last season he played predominantly at right guard so you've got tape on this kid you know, playing both tackle and, 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 and guard on the right side and a lot of it, you know? Yeah. Now I think it's a good point. Typically we don't see that in in terms of the early round guys, you don't see Pittsburgh often drafting a tackle and bumping a guy inside, although they haven't drafted a lot of first round tackles in general. So whatever that's worth, but uh, again, it just, it's case by case depends on the player, depends on the tools and the traits that show you maybe this guy can play inside. Think about, you know, Kipper, as you just mentioned, um, Nick Brocker from Ole Miss played left tackle his first three years, kicked inside the left guard this past season because of some size length concerns there. And he probably will have a better fit and better chance to play at guard at the next level. So it's all case by case type stuff. Look, there's going to be a lot of, you know, look, the Super Bowl hasn't even been played yet. <laughs> right. There, and it feels like it should have been like three weeks ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are going to be a lot of discussions, you know, not not only by Alex and myself and people on the staff and all like that, but I mean, I'm talking globally about Stronsky and and what he is. Because who's who's the uh, Chargers tackle that that was a bit undersized? Sean Slater. Yeah, Slater. And they said, ah, that guy's going to have to kick inside and. Uh, but here he is, you know, holding his own at tackle, you know? So, uh, if, if, you know, there's going to be a lot of discussions related to Skronsky, I think this off season that, 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 that were had with Slater a couple, couple years ago. Yeah. Now you've pointed out the differences between Slater and Skronsky body type athleticism. I think hand size, I think Slater has bigger hands. And so really it's a mixed bag. Sometimes those guys move inside and it works. Cody Whitehair is a good example of that. Sometimes they go inside. It doesn't work for slamp. An example of that Slater staying outside undersized tackle, Calvin Beecham undersized guy that had success at tackle. So it really just feels like the rest of the draft where it's just a crapshoot in terms of will it work or will it not work? Now, look, you, uh, another guy, you know, that's going to get a lot of, a lot of talk is that Cody mock that we talked about mm-hmm. this morning out, out of North Dakota state, you know, and, and that's why the senior bowl is super important for a smaller kid school like that, especially one that, 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 that played at tackle that, that several think are going to have to kick inside there. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he looked very comfortable, man. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I know for sure that he played three snaps. I mean, three three positions in the Senior Bowl game, and they said he played five. I haven't gone back and and double checked that, but uh, this is a guy that that looks like he he's going to be super super comfortable being kicked inside. Yeah, he's got that Quinn Miners, but he's also not a first guy. round pick either. I don't think. Right, I think, I think a day two guy though. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think he has potential to be that. Give me one second. I got to restart the. Uh... Stream on my end. The, the stream is fine. I just need to pull it back up on my phone here. Um, yeah, I think with with Mock, it's just a guy that seems comfortable on a football field. Just that, you know, run blocking, 
you know, aggressive mentality, demeanor, and and again, his compete level um, to play those different spots. And, and I thought played pretty well uh, was impressive to me. But let me uh, have just one small issue. Just give me one second, and I will pull the stream back up on my end. That, that, Berger, that Bergeron is going to be another one. Uh, yeah. Uh, some some uh, out of Syracuse that there's going to be some discussions on. Yeah, know? Matthew Bergeron had the family in attendance too, which is always nice when the family comes out and uh, and, and supports like that. Let me I got the stream back up here. Um, I lost some of the the questions though in the chat, but uh, let me go here. Brian Junker, which team does Edmonds best fit? Is Casey an upgrade for him? Who would be depth behind him? I don't know about other teams. What what he is a fit? What isn't he? You know, where does he not fit? Well, he's a classic box strong safety. That's where I know that fit is at. Um, you know, is he better than Casey? I would say no. Does Casey getting older? Edmonds younger, more established. I like Casey. He's a good sub package, dime type of guy. Uh, my priority would be on Edmonds over Casey, but if you lost Edmonds, then you certainly want to keep Casey around. Yeah, my 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 hope is that maybe there's somehow be able to 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 keep both, you know. Uh, sure. And I think Edmonds' value, uh, best monetary value right now, might be in Pittsburgh. We saw how free agency went for him last year. Does he really want to sit around out there? Uh, another couple of months like he like he did a year ago or, uh, you know, or, and who knows, you know, what we obviously don't follow every team uh, deep, deep down to, to find out their needs. I mean, might might there uh, look at look at the Vikings now. Right. With with Flores over there. Might might Flores suggest that the Vikings go after a guy like Edmonds, you know? Yeah. I so so it's hard to really. Uh, I'll say I, I will leave it at this. I, I I hope that the Steelers do everything within their power to re-sign both of those guys, but obviously, you know, not 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 break the bank. And and luckily, the safety position, the box, you know, the strong safety position is is really kind of a depressed uh, position in in the NFL. So I think there's a decent chance that they can retain both of them. But if they don't, I would expect them to be able to retain at least one of them. Same here. Uh, 112 people in the chat. Appreciate all the support. One thing I should mention, I'll say it now. I'll have reminders out throughout the rest of the month until this event happens. The annual Walk the Mock draft, the live mock draft that we do, that's been a lot of fun. have had great support uh, for that in the past and a ton of interest. That's going to be a bit earlier this year. It's going to be February 26th, which I know wow. is even before free agency. That's just the way the schedule fits best. When's the combine? For the- uh, like before that, it, it, it's right after that, I think. So it's even before the combine. So I know it's super early. It's a little bit different this year. Just two rounds. It's going to be Pittsburgh having that extra second round pick will make it more fun for us. That just the way the schedule kind of had to be this year. Not my decision, um, but I will be running the Steelers for the walk the mock draft. I'll remind you guys again. I don't remember the exact time, probably in the evening, but February 26th is the date there. Got a comment here from Spice Creations who says, yes, happy for Coach Flores. We're happy for Brian Flores as well. Logan says, if the top corners and D-line are gone, do you uh, suspect this new front office group would trade back, wondering if there was previous data with Weidel doing that? It's hard to tell because Weidel was not in charge of trading up and trading down. He put together the draft board in Philadelphia the last three classes, but that was a Howie Roseman-type call in terms of are we moving up or are we moving down? So you really can't glean a lot there, but I would expect this team to have more flexibility just because Kevin Colbert was so inflexible, just rarely, if ever traded down. So this team will likely just by sheer inertia, I guess, be more likely, more open to trading down. Uh, Jason Williams says, Hey Alex, what movies have you actually watched that Dave recommended? (laughs) Oh man, you recommended so many. And I can't say I've watched too many of them. I'm trying to think about what you have recommended. I have, though. You'll be proud. I watched... Watch Bull Durham. I watched Bull Durham. Yeah, so there's one. I watched two movies this weekend, Dave. Now, they weren't wow. recommendations by you, so I'm sorry for that. But uh, I'm into the the stuff that I do watch. The very little movies that I do watch is like the sci-fi disaster type stuff. And so I watched Greenland from 2020, which is like an end-of-the-world type movie, which is, which is pretty good overall. Not my favorite, but decent. And then I've I've actually seen this movie before, but I just kind of watched it because it's a fun movie. Um, Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise in it, which is a great movie. It's a really good movie if you're into like sci-fi type stuff. Uh, It's kind of it's kind of crazy, but it was a good movie. 
you need to load up then if you're into that the old uh, escape from uh, New York with Kurt Russell. Okay. Snake Snake Pliskin uh, was his character. Uh, that's uh, that's a that's a cult classic. Uh, escape from New York. How old is it? Just it's probably. old. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll still give it a shot. Eighties, I think. Okay, gotcha. Uh, some time here. Ten more minutes left for questions. LL, so Steelers don't get a comp pick for Flores? No. No comp pick for Flores. Uh, Ross Swisher, generally I agree with the idea. Depot line, maybe not as strong a tackle, but interior line I think looks pretty strong. This year, Mobile Lee certainly seemed to, to indicate that. Uh, let's see, Russ Obenstein. 1981, Escape from New okay. York, American science fiction action film, co-wrote, co-written, co-scored, and directed by John Carpenter. It mm. stars uh, Kurt Russell, Lee Van Cleef, Ernest Borgnine, Donald Pleasance, Isaac Hayes, Adrian Barbeau, and Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, I think that's an older one you would you would enjoy, Alex. Yeah, I think so. Is Isaac Hayes, is that the same Isaac Hayes who was chef from South Park? It sounds like I it. believe so. Okay. Well, there's, yes. there's one person I know from that cast, at least. So there you go. Uh, I might actually legitimately may check that one out. So so I'll let you know if I do. Uh, Russ Obenstein says, I think the first pick will be quarterback. We'll see. It's a good quarterback class. And so talent-wise, there certainly could be some options there for the Steelers. Uh, Brian says, did the Steelers draft a running back in round six or seven this year for depth? You can never rule it out. Day three is such a dart throw. You got a pair of seventh round picks, but probably not. Please, have... please don't. <laughs> what? You like the sixth, seventh round pick. That's the fungible uh, type. Uh, look, uh, yeah, but just uh, now, now you got, uh, you know, two uh, you, two young kids over there, Najee and, and Jalen Warren. Bring in another round of four or five undrafted and get you a guy out of there that can play, uh, that can, you know, work in a pinch and, and mainly can contribute on special teams. And this obviously assumes uh, that they don't re sign Benny Snell football. Ball, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they will. I don't really support the idea. Uh, but I thought you would be open to that. That six, seventh round flyer seems to be your. No, type. give me. Get, well, not this year. Not I mean, give year. me. Not with what they got in that right now, okay. man. Sp- spend that on another offensive lineman or or edge. Or, do- or or edge or double dip at corner or something like that. Don't be surprised if this team double dips or has a late round pass rusher. That's an Andy Weidel thing. Those draft classes in Philadelphia, his stops have always had that late round dark throw pass rusher, Teron Jackson. Who was the guy last year? Kyron Johnson from Kansas. Another Kansas guy, Lonnie Phelps, I think could be interesting in the late rounds for the Steelers this year. That, you know me and edge rushers. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, that would not hurt my feelings. Russ Obenstein, I think Alfredo is the best tight end coach in the NFL. I wish I had a rankings, but I think Alfredo has done a very good job and works those guys hard, but um, it's a little little gentler and softer than what James Daniel used to be. He's kind of like John Mitchell to Carl Dunbar. I think it's very similar when you go from Coach Daniel to uh, Alfredo Roberts. Uh, let's see. Love the tight end. Meyer from Notre Dame says Russ. Um, is that a dark horse? I asked you that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I know it's not in a technically an immediate need, but if tight end, if you know if that tight end gets pushed down the board, and that's positionally, I mean, because he's going to be ranked, you know, uh, more than likely as the top tight end in the class, right? And that's a guy that uh, uh, you could definitely have on the end of the line of scrimmage. We'll see, obviously, what happens with uh, with Zach Gentry during the off season and all like that. But is that uh, I know people be screaming, well, no, don't, don't draft a tight end. But, but is that a potential, you know, sleeper that needs to be considered as being the guy? I mean, Zach Gentry would have to be let go. He would, they would have to lose Zach Gentry, right? Not that Gentry's this amazing player, but it's hard to re-sign Gentry and then go draft sure. a tight end in the first round. I don't you'll, know. You'll, you'll obviously will know that by draft day. No, I understand. Yeah, it, it just makes it a bit harder to answer right now. I, I'm not going to rule anything out here in, on February 6th, but I just can't see a tight end being the top pick. Okay. Without, I mean, unless I, I'm just throwing it out I know, there. I'm I not, know. You know, I understand. Not, not advocating. I'm just wondering. It is good to expand the horizons on names, and we're talking about value and talent, and there would be value in having, if you, if you become that real run-heavy committed offense, multiple tight ends, 12 personnel type system like uh, Cleveland, like Baltimore, that makes sense. So, I mean, I, I get what your position is or what your thought is. Uh, Randy Wagner, what kind of work does guys like Matt Canada do at this time of year? Do they try to polish their specialty? Are we in for a repeat of the jet sweeps? Probably going to see a lot of jet sweeps next year, Randy. What do they do? It's a variety of things. It's 
watching tape on future free agents. It's uh, getting ready for the draft. It's self-scouting, going over your own team and what you could do better and evaluating your own roster to help build the off-season plans. So um, it's all those type of things as they kind of get ready here for the full swing of the off-season. Uh, you forgot to mention uh, uh, work on hot routes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we should mention it. And we talked about, uh, about that on the podcast, but let's have some hot routes next year, Matt. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we have here? J-Dub, Alex Darnell Wright was supposedly asked by the Steelers if he could kick inside to guard. What are your thoughts? I think they should use him at right tackle, and if he beats uh, core four, they cut him to save $10 million. Well, that wouldn't happen until late camp, and so what? What you're, you're saving money, but what for? I guess. You're also, uh, core fours do a roster bonus on March twentieth. How much is that? Do you know? Uh, four million, I think. Okay, well, you're not going to cut a core four after that. Um, you know, could they draft right? There's so many variables there. You know, obviously, right tackle of Tennessee, mountain of a man. You know, could he kick inside? Some of the foot speed type stuff is a concern out there on the edge. You know, it's all that's all so many questions away, but. We'll, we'll, we'll just have to see if, if when we come to that point. Uh, any other questions left? Uh, I feel like the chat didn't refresh for me. Let me try to refresh the chat. There we go. It didn't, didn't do that today for some reason, so let me scroll back up and try to find some of these in the last five minutes. Um, Grant saying, I'm really warming up to the idea of drafting John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. Cole was fine last year, but I think you can easily upgrade over him. I think you could also move Michael Schmitz to guard. Now, is he plug and play? Because he's got to learn the position as Dave uh, checked out. You know, he's never really played guard before, but I think he has the size to do it. I think he could be up to the task. Possibly, yeah. Uh, Ross Swisher off topic, but football related. What happened to that indoor football team that fired a guy for wanting pizza? Not, not indoor football. That's the Maulers, USFL Pittsburgh Maulers, who are going to play their football in Canton, Ohio this year. So they're slowly getting closer to Pittsburgh. I guess by like 2027, they actually might play in the city. Uh, the running back was Devon Smith. I don't know what happened to him. Kirby Wilson was fired. Ray Horton, former Steelers DB coach, has taken over as the, the head coach for the Maulers, but the Maulers will be back in April. So there's your answer. Uh, 2008 draft, what would the Steelers have looked like had they picked Chris Johnson, who was selected the very next pick behind Mendenhall? Was Johnson really the, the next pick after Rashard Mendenhall? Oh, I, I had to go back and look. That sounds right. Um, I hadn't yeah. thought about that, but that's yeah, it been, would have been different, that's for sure. Um, that speed was legit. You know, what, what, what year was that? Uh, uh, Randy says 08, which sounds right. right. So the 2008 draft, Mendenhall, the team's pick out of Illinois. Broke his shoulder when Ray Lewis broke his shoulder in his rookie season. And so, obviously, the career wasn't terrible, but... Yeah, yeah, Johnson went 24th overall. Mendenhall went 23rd overall wow. that year. And there was even, remember back, there was talk that the Cowboys might take, uh, or, you know, and then the Cowboys, they, they had a string of running backs go right there, right in a row. Felix Jones... Uh, to the Cowboys at 22, Mendenhall to the uh, Steelers at 23, and then Chris Johnson at at, at, at mm. uh, 24 to the Titans. You know what would have happened had they drafted Chris I would have lost – if I had the same mindset <laughs> now that I had uh, uh, now back then to watch three running backs go uh, – uh, go go right there in the wall. I've been in, been out of my ever loving mind. What a the best thing about had the team drafted Chris Johnson was we wouldn't have to do the every three year saga of Richard Mendenhall getting into Twitter fights about fumbling in the mm. Super Bowl. And for that alone, I would have preferred Chris Johnson, much less the actual player and talent that Chris Johnson was. But a uh, good thought, good kind of the stat of the weird there, Randy. Yeah, today today the anniversary of that uh, Packers Super Bowl. Uh, I was trying to forget about it, and I you reminded the whole chat of it. Okay. But I think I think it was, which was uh, a very upsetting day. I mean, it was a close game. Many people forget it was a close game. Pittsburgh got back into that game, just couldn't finish. Yeah, it. you know, and I was thinking today. I almost posted a clip on it uh, on Twitter earlier today. You know, uh, uh, Pouncey hurt his ankle in that uh, uh, in the championship game, right mm -hmm. against the Jets. And how, how different would that have, that True. game would have been? I uh, had uh, Doug Doug Ligurski not had to start at center for that game. Yeah, Doug Ligurski. There's they've had some 
Some guys start some Super Bowls. Uh, Mike Adesso, I know you called the Steelers drafting Chris Holodokin before the draft. Did you also predict he could be winning a Super Bowl ring this season? He gets one being on the Chiefs practice squad, right? He would, and I did not predict that. It has been a heck of a year for Chris Holodokin. Uh, has anyone heard from or about Tuit after his retirement? I hope he's doing well. I have not. I would love if Kim Haywood was asked about that one time. Not in an invasive way, just, hey, how's Tuit doing? Have you still right. talked to him? But uh, I hope and trust that everything's going well with Stefan Tuit. Um, is AB officially loony? Yeah, we crossed officially loony a long time ago there, Pittsburgh Toddy 86. Yeah, we chose not to even write about that nonsense the other night there. Yeah, I know other sites did. I know it's a story. We saw it out there, but it's so baseless. So I think it's actually a pretty serious claim against James Harrison to accuse somebody of, of causing a life-damaging ending you know, sh- injury like that, like CTE. It just, uh, to me, it didn't meet the standard. Uh, and, and plus, I mean, A.B., He's mentally, That's a sad, it's a sad yeah, situation. Now, he's mentally you know? unwell, and if I can avoid it, I don't want to talk and write about and get clicks off of someone who is mentally unwell. And so that's just kind of our, our Steelers Depot stance. But a uh, couple more questions here. Is Tyson Aluwale retiring? I assume so. I can't see him playing football next year in Pittsburgh or elsewhere, so I don't think he'll make a big show of it uh, when he retires, but I imagine he will be retiring at some point here. I would too. Any other questions left? Later round research, Jaden Reed, uh, Puka, that's from BYU. Yeah, we'll have to cover some of those guys. Reed had a nice week, and Puka had a good first day and then got hurt, so that was unfortunate for him. Ross Swisher saying Blade Runner to go watch that. I I know it's popular. Maybe I will. Uh, (laughs) Josh says, are we getting an 80 for Brady review, Alex? Is that even being shown in Pittsburgh? That has to be the worst market to, to show that movie in. Have you seen the you've seen the clips for that, right? Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I've seen the clips of it. Yeah. I, I can't imagine there's a single soul in Pittsburgh going to watch 80 for Brady, which just seems like a terrible movie. And then you had Tom Brady with the interesting photo this morning, which is weird. Uh, <laughs> any other questions here? Let's see. Uh, do I think the team will draft a safety this year? I think it's possible. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with Edmonds and, and Casey if they lose one of those guys. Probably. Maybe a versatile type guy. Uh, would you draft Moody, the kicker from Michigan? Not saying for the Steelers, just saying, is he worth the draft pick? No, I'm not drafting a kicker when I got Chris Boswell. I'm not worried no. about Boss. No, I'm not. Uh, let's see, anything left here? Uh, we are in position for a top-tier draft, 2023. Three picks in the first 50. Yeah, it'll be a, a good opportunity for this team. What else do we have here? That looks like just about it. Missed my Darnell Washington question after the Alu Ali retirement one. Let me see if I can scroll back up and, and see that. Uh, is he going to get the uh, Big Al treatment? Yeah, he's uber talented at his size for a tight end, but I wonder if his potential as a blocker would intrigue a team. Boy, he's he a load. He is a load, man. But Ooh. you can't spend like a second round pick on that guy, move him to tackle, and hope it all works out. Oh no, you know? no, no, no! Is that was that the question? Yeah, he's saying basically, can you get the big Al treatment of, of making him a? Tackle? Oh no, no, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. If you're drafting, you're drafting him to, 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 to play tight end. Yeah, you, you do those conversions with the late round guys, uh, like Villanueva, undrafted guy, practice squad guy, Brian Mahalik, another, um, Larry Brown, which you know, he was established, but that was seventies different era. So wouldn't happen with Washington unless he was not working well as a tight end. He was just trying to salvage his career. Um, so that's going to probably wrap things up. Uh, last question. Uh, last two. Um, uh, last three. Excuse me. I'll go with last three here. Uh, quality. Cola says, like any of the top tight ends. Yeah, Michael Mayer is a good prospect. I don't think he's a top guy, but Payne Durham, I thought, had a really good week of the season. Mm-hmm. There's, um, is it Kennard from Utah? Kincaid? Kennard? Supposed to go to Mobile didn't happen at the last second. That might be the top guy in this class. Washington, I do like. So it's a strong Wild, Wild, Wild's a guy that's going to get drafted too, I think, out okay. of Cincinnati. What's, what's his best trait? I, I know he was down there. I didn't really watch uh, him. I, you know, just, just a little bit in the game the other day. I mean, it's a guy that can, I think, handle a little bit of blocking on the edge there. Okay, nice. So it's a good tight end class overall. Jackson Smith and Jigba, 32 because of injury last year. I doubt he makes it the 49 slot guy. Yeah, I you know, I could see that. I could see in Jigba for Pittsburgh in the slot. Boy, uh, was it wasn't last year, but wasn't it the year before? That guy was really productive, wasn't it? 
Didn't didn't he have did he have an injury this past year? Yeah, I think it, Rob's referring excuse me to that. So yeah, I assume I think he was super productive two years ago in that great Ohio State with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jigba, etc. Uh, Connor Hayward was quite a pick in 2022. He seems to love Pittsburgh. Was that pick a surprise for you guys? Not at I mean, all. It's <laughs> hard to be surprised when it's Cam's brother. So, no. I mean, his play, I thought he played well, better than I thought he would, but the pick itself, not a surprise. Uh, I thought he I thought he really re- he, he, he really represented himself a lot better than I thought he would. Uh, I mean, he's not a guy that you're going to attach to the end of the line of scrimmage all the time, but by the end of the year on some of those split zone blocks and all, you know, he was able to cut and and get that done in soft, soft hands. Got a nice, nice catch radius on him. And uh, he's a guy that you could do do a couple things with, and he'll probably expand his role a little bit here in 2023. Absolutely. Uh, let's see, Mr. ABS saying Luke Musgrave did well as a tight end, too. Yeah, he could be one of the top tight ends off the board. Had an MCL injury, only played two games this year, but healthy <coughs> and had a good senior bowl week and showed off some, some uh, speed. So that was good. Um that's going to probably wrap things up. We're already over on time a little bit, but appreciate you guys being here. A great turnout, great crowd on hand here tonight. We'll be back in two weeks. Be sure to enjoy the Super Bowl. And as always, Dave, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for spending your time with us, Alex. And uh, same to everybody who attended tonight. Peace and love. There will be an archive recap version of this on the site in just a little bit. So appreciate you guys watching. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. Would really appreciate that. We'll have more videos for you guys in the near future. And we'll talk to you soon.